pray. Teach us to pray. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 6. Luke chapter 11, Matthew chapter 6. We're just going to go into our Bible study tonight. Luke 11, and uh, we're going to actually begin reading from verse 1. It came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I would like to read also from Matthew chapter 6, and we'll begin reading at the ninth verse. If you're familiar with this uh, passage, then you probably know what I'm about to read. Uh, you and I would call it, by tradition, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, but it actually is the prayer uh, of the people of God, because it's what he taught us to pray. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I want to speak to you on the subject and, and teach on the subject, teach us to pray. Amen. It is the vital aspect and component of the believer's life to be able to pray. Uh, do you know how precious that gift is just in and of itself that you and I have the ability to open our mouth and begin talking to God and, and all of a sudden, as the song said, the things of this world grow strangely dim. I think that's so well said. You don't even know how it happens. It's kind of strange how it happens. But the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And there is a particular power that comes through prayer. And, and so we want to investigate that and we want to talk about it. And we want to speak specifically to the fact that these words that we have read are the words of Jesus in response to the uh, request, teach us to pray the way John taught his disciples to pray. This is important because both of these are, of course, we call them the Lord's Prayer, uh, but they are spoken at different times. Luke and Matthew do not appear to be referring to the same moment where Jesus uh, recited what we call the Lord's Prayer. These seem to have occurred at different times in Jesus' ministry, both Luke's accounting of it and Matthew's accounting of it, uh, because Matthew's accounting of it was not in response to a request from the disciples for a lesson on prayer. Uh, Luke's was. Luke, uh, in, the, in the gospel according to Luke, uh, the Lord had just sent out uh, many of his disciples, and they went two by two, preaching the gospel, casting out devils, just laying hands on the sick, seeing them recover. Luke chapter 10, an amazing chapter in the word of God about the kingdom of God and how it operates. And then Luke 11 opens with Jesus praying, and when he had finished praying, his disciples looked at him and said, teach us to do that. We want to be able to do that too. And John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray, Lord, teach us to pray. And to a person who maybe has lived for the Lord for a long time, or maybe you were even raised in the church, uh, and you don't remember when you learned how to pray, but it might be odd to us to hear those words, teach us to pray. But that really shouldn't be odd to us, because regardless of what we think we know about prayer, we want the Lord to be the one who teaches us how to pray. Did you know that even as you pray, the Lord will teach you and kind of tweak the way you pray? The Lord will enter into that prayer closet with you and say, 
ask it this way. He's leading you down a path of spiritual power that comes through prayer. We have not because we ask not. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door, it shall be opened unto you. These are kingdom principles. They are real. They are true. They work. And they are accessed through prayer. And so there are ways that we are to pray and we are to be taught to pray. Uh, the Word teaches us how to pray. And, and there are ways we can kind of hamstring ourselves uh, if we are not careful. So we want to be mindful that we are praying. Now, and we're praying the right way. In Luke 11, he, he speaks to how to pray. It is a, it is a repetition, or I, sh I should call it, because we're going to talk about repetition in a moment, so I don't want to actually use that. There's a difference between repetition and vain repetition. We're going to be talking about vain repetition later, but Jesus repeats in Matthew 6, or, or Luke 11, what he had already spoken in Matthew 6. But it is spoken in Matthew 6 in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. So this great message, sermon, lesson, whatever you want to call it, uh, inspired word from God, of God, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and 6 and 7, this amazing uh, passage of Scripture is, is one that, that absolutely sets the foundation for how a, a Christian life is to be lived. And in that context, Jesus deals with the subject of prayer. And he tells us things we are to do. And before he tells us what to do, he tells us what not to do. Amen. So there are do's and don'ts to prayer. And, and so I want to talk to you about it. Because if you can get a hold of prayer, you've got a hold of something special. I want to remind you that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, because when that when it states that, that's James chapter 5, when the scripture teaches us that if anyone is sick, let them call for the elders of the church, let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. sick. That's James chapter 5. And then it begins to explain to us Elijah or Elias. Elijah was a man of like passions as we are, subject to the same kind of appetites and passions as we have. He had the same challenges of human life that we have. But when he prayed, God answered his prayer. And it was in that Context that the writer goes on to say, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then we're going to talk about effectual and fervent and righteous. But, but here's why it's important to pray the proper way. Because it will avail much. Now when we say the word avail, we think in terms of prevail. We think it prevaileth much. There's great power in it, and that is true. But, but the word is not prevail, the word is avail. In other words, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes much available. There are many promises and principles and truths to be had. And so I want to just read that to you again from James chapter 5. Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avail, availeth much. It makes much available to the child of God. Do you know God has things? He has healing. He has dominion. He has authority. He has power. He has peace. He has joy. All of that is there. But the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes it available to you. Praise God. James chapter 5 and verse 17, Elijah, Elias, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three and a half years. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual 
fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much or makes much available. Praise God. So you want to be in a proper place of prayer when you do pray. Matthew chapter 6, this is what he taught on the Sermon on the Mount. He teaches us how to pray, but before he teaches us how to pray, he teaches us how not to pray. He begins to deal with our human nature. And he says this, verse 1 of Matthew 6. Take heed that you do not your alms before men. And here are some key words. To be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that nobody will ever see you do alms. And that you have to be, uh, you have to, that, that if, if anybody knows or sees that you did something good, then you're, you lost your reward from God. That's not what that means. But it means that you are not to do your alms before men to be seen of men. Therefore, when you do alms, do not sound a trumpet. Before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. If you want men to see you, then that's what you're going to get from making sure everybody sees you when you do something good. You're going to get people's applause and approval. And that lasts for however long the applause lasts. A few seconds. A little golf clap for what you did that was good. And that's your reward. But if you'll just do it for the purpose of doing it for the kingdom of God, it availeth much. When you do alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand doeth. This means don't calculate and strategize and, and, and try to manipulate a situation when you do alms. Don't do it with your left hand and then tell your right hand, hey, if I do this, then a lot of a lot of good things will fall into my favor. And, and so don't strategize. When you do alms, just do alms. Don't do it for what you will get in return. Don't do it for what good people will say of you. So Jesus is purifying the heart of those that are listening to him. When you do alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. You know, here's the thing. If you'll just, if you'll just do it as unto the Lord and not let your right hand as, as the... As the analogy is given here in the scriptures, let not your right hand know what your left hand is doing. If you'll just do it as unto the Lord, the right hand of God will give you favor. And you'll get the, you'll get the favor of what your right hand can do. You, when you put your hands on it and you manipulate it and you manage it. But if you'll just release it into the plan and the will and the purpose of God, then the favor of God will come upon you. That's what you want. You want the favor of God to come upon you. You want the blessing of the Lord. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. The blessing of man, well, it can make you rich in certain ways, but it adds plenty of sorrow. A lot of times you have to sacrifice your family or you have to sacrifice your marriage or you have to sacrifice your peace of mind or you have to sacrifice the joy of life. You have to get rid of a lot of things when the blessing of man comes upon you. But when the blessing of the Lord comes upon you, there, it adds no sorrow. So don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, that your alms may be in secret. And here it is. Your Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. Your Father which seeth in secret. This is what we have to know about God. God sees in secret. That's going to help you in a lot of ways. Because that's going to help you be holy. That's going to help you treat people right. That's going to help you do what's right when you could get away with not doing what's right. Because you're not really getting away with anything. This is, a, this is one of those neutral principles. This is for good or bad. The Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So whatever's going on in secret, God sees it. And that's what you're sowing. That's what you'll reap. Verse number five, when you pray, here it is, what not to do. Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. Here it is again, that they may be seen of men. Again, that's the key phrase in this passage, this verse. 
that they may be seen of men. This is not Jesus outlawing public prayer. No, it, 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 that cannot be what he's saying because we know that David danced very publicly before the Lord. And it was, it was favored of God. And we know that the Apostle Paul said, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, without wrath and without doubting. No, no, this is not a condemnation of public prayer, but this is a condemnation of us praying in order to be seen and approved of and applauded by people. That's not why we pray. In other words, we don't pray so everybody will know how spiritual we are. So everybody will know how holy we are. We don't do anything for those reasons. So everybody will know that, that we re, we're really deep. We're really in tune with God. We don't need that praise of men. And if we do, it means something needs adjusted in our spirit. Something needs adjusted in our hearts. Now we are to set a good example, but that's, that's to be a blessing to man, not to be applauded by man. So when you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet. When you shut your door, pray to your Father which is in secret and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And we have to be careful not to get caught up in vain repetitions. I want you to know something. God does not pay attention to vain repetition. Now God can hear anything because he's God. But God does not pay attention to vain repetition. God pays attention to what comes from the heart. So I, I, I've been in prayer sessions before where, and, and I, don't like to, I don't like to criticize people for their faith, so I won't call out the denomination, but, but there, were, there were passages that were pre-selected that were read, and that, and that was the extent of the prayer. And it was, and it was written hundreds of years ago not by prophets or apostles, but, but it was a prayer that was written and, and it was then recited and, and it was repeated. And as I heard it, I, I, it saddened me because I, I know that what God really hears is when the heart of man breaks open. When the heart of humanity just pours itself out. That's what God hears. And, and, when we, and when we come forward with a repetition, and we can get caught up in our own vain repetitions. And that we begin to think we can be heard for our much speaking. And we can get caught up in just rotating and revolving words mindlessly. But, but notice the Psalms, the, the way the Psalms were written. They were written under the inspiration of God. And it was the lament many times of the psalmist's heart. As he considered the circumstances that were surrounding him. And he would open up his mouth. And out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth would speak. And lament would come. But the lament would turn to praise. The lament would always turn to praise. Because it was not a vain repetition. It wasn't something that he was just mindlessly going through. It wasn't just a ritual. It wasn't just a ceremony. It wasn't just filling up time on the clock. See, see, you can set an hour and you can set your alarm if you want to and say, okay, I'm going to start here and I'm going to stop here. But real, true, heartfelt prayer doesn't pay attention to the clock. Hallelujah. I have, I have seen people touch God in five minutes. I have seen people get lost in prayer. And when they got lost in prayer... Hours passed before they knew what had happened. And if you've got to get to work, definitely set your clock. But don't hesitate to get caught up in God. Not because you're trying to satisfy a particular time of 
day and satisfy a particular ritual, but because of the fact that you are loving and entertaining the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Something happens when you begin to pray. I will tell you it's hard to pray sometimes when you're going through your normal daily routine and you're, you're caught up in stats and figures and numbers and people and stuff and things. And it's sometimes hard to transition from that into consecrated prayer. So the Bible tells us how to do it. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Wherever you are in your given day, this is how you transition to spiritual thinking and concentration. You begin to thank God. Thank him for anything and everything. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm breathing right now. Thank you, Jesus, that I have health in my body. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm standing upright on these two feet. Thank you, Lord, for the family that I have round about me right now. Thank you, Lord, for my church family. God, I give you praise for my wife and for my children and for my granddaughter. I thank you, God, for your goodness to me. You just start thinking. I'm going to tell you something. That it, it becomes hard then to stop praying once you start giving God thanks. Hallelujah. So that's a, a segue into to transitioning from a daily uh, mundane doldrum into actually praying to God. I remember receiving an urgent call one time for a, a prayer need. A, a man was going into emergency surgery in another city, and they called me, and they caught me at a moment where I was just kind of going through my day. And I remember thinking when I hung up the phone that my, my position and condition of, in this moment is not adequate to meet the urgency of that need and so I began to cry out to God I began to lift my voice and shout my way out of complacency shout my way out of of whatever I was feeling shout my way out of 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 just not being there if you please and it wasn't but a, a, a just a fraction of a moment and I was in the presence of the Lord and I could feel the Holy Ghost and I could feel myself entering into a place of prayer now I, I want to take a little moment here and pause because the, the situation that that was addressing, the man was going into a second day of all-day surgery because the first day they couldn't get accomplished what they were getting accomplished. The man was in need of a new heart, and he, he could not get a new heart, and, and he, there was just no way he was going to make it through this. And he was going into a new day of surgery, and he had already spent actually two days before that in surgery. There was no way he was going to make it through this this terrible set of circumstances. He was in the city of Philadelphia. And when we began to pray, God moved upon his circumstances. I want you to know that was, that was actually five years ago. And the man is living right now with a new heart. Doing well. Now I know, listen, I know there were lots of people praying. But when I started praying, I prayed like it was going to be my prayers that made the difference. And I know there were a lot of people praying, but I will always believe that my prayer touched the throne. I'm not saying theirs didn't. I'm not saying mine are better. I'm just saying that when I started praying and I was shouting out to God, I wasn't playing games. I was doing it because I knew I could touch God. And that's how you have to pray. You pray like you're the only one praying. You pray like their life depends on you touching the throne. You pray like it's you before God and nothing else is happening. Hallelujah. And you pray until you feel the release of God. Hallelujah. While that burden is on you, you don't get to stop praying. It'll come off of you. It will. It will lift off of you. And when it does, something happens. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about when you feel the urge. I need to get a hold of God. I need to touch God. Go do it. Get a hold of God. Touch God. 
Hallelujah. And let that burden come upon you in a mighty and a deep way. I have had moments in my life and ministry where a, 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 a travail would come upon me and I had to go to my face in prayer. And, and man, when that happens, it's just you and God. And there could be thousands of other people praying. And they all can be touching God. But, but that doesn't matter. Right now, it's me and God and this need. Hallelujah. 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 I remember Brother J.T. Pugh telling about when he was uh, awakened one morning early. And he went to the church to pray. And he was, he was there and he got caught away in the, the presence of God. And he, and he just... He just was there speaking with tongues and talking to God. And it was him and the Lord. And when he went home uh, from the time of prayer and he sat down, by that time it was about 7 in the morning. And he was sitting there reading his Bible and the phone rang. And the man on the other end of the phone said, is this Brother J.T. Pugh? And he said, yes it is. He said, Brother Pugh, you don't know me. I'm from Brother Jerry Dean's church in Bosher City, Louisiana. And he said, but were you praying about an hour ago, hour and a half ago, and really touching God and feeling God. And Brother Pugh said, I, as a matter of fact, I was just an hour and a half ago. I was standing in the throne room of God. He said, I was there too. And when I walked into the throne room of God, I looked over and saw you standing there. I just wanted to let you know God has heard your cry. I'm, I've come to tell you, folks, this is real. This is real, and you can pray, and you can touch God. Huh? We have not an high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He hears, and he answers prayer. Oh, hallelujah. And I rebuke every doubt that the devil tries to whisper in your mind, trying to drudge up old statistics of when he's telling you God didn't hear and answer prayer. You don't worry about the lies of the devil. God hears and he answers prayer. God's will be done, but he hears and he answers prayer. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, when you pray, find a secret place to pray. Find a secret place to pray. and Go into that closet and get a hold of God and, and let it all out and touch God and get a hold of God. And the Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. Whatever worry that you have on your heart, that's your cue to pray. And you're going to go into prayer and talk to God. God's going to move. You're going to feel peace. Praise God. He said, when you pray, pray after this manner. After this manner, pray. Our Father. Hallelujah. Actually, let's don't even go there yet. Let's just say our. Whoo, hallelujah. That's how your prayers have to start. Our Father. This is a major, major statement. This is what Jesus, this is how Jesus said to pray. He said, when you pray, you say, our Father. That, that you have to, that's why we pray with the understanding of who Jesus is. Why does it matter who Jesus is? Because when we understand who Jesus is, we understand who we are. Don't you know that Adam was the son of God? Don't you know that Adam gave away that sonship? Don't you know that Jesus gave it back to us? The Bible calls him the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. It was Jesus who came and showed us we have power with God. Hallelujah. Remember when... Remember when Nebuchadnezzar looked down into the fire and he said, didn't we throw three men in the fire? They said, that's right. And he said, why do I see fourth man in the fire? And then he said, why does he look like the son of God? He wasn't saying, why does he look like Jesus? He was saying, why does he look like the son of God? Because, because it's understood that only a son of God would have power over the fire. 
When God created Adam, he gave him dominion over the earth, over the beasts of the field, over the fowl of the air, over the fish of the sea. He gave him dominion over the earth. This is why when you look at the miracles of the prophets, their miracles had to do with the earth. That's why Elijah prayed and said, no rain. There was no rain. Then he prayed and said, all right, let it rain, and it rained. This is why he, when he called down fire from heaven, fire is an earthly element, and it fell from heaven. Hallelujah. And it licked up the water that he had poured out. He had dominion over the fire. He had dominion over the water. And he had that dominion not through his own human power, but through God. And when the Bible says that Joshua was fighting the battle against the Gibeonites, uh, the Bible says that he began to wage war. And as he began to wage war, the Scripture says that, that, that he called for the sun to stand still. He was fighting on behalf of the Gibeonites. And he called for the sun to stand still. And the sun, the Bible says that the sun just remained. And everything stopped. And it did not become dark. And the scripture says there had never been a time before or after that. That the Lord had hearkened to the voice of a man like he did that day when he hearkened to the voice of Joshua. Joshua had such power with God. That he literally caused the day from turning to night. Moses had such power with God that he parted the waters of the Red Sea. Joshua had so much power with God, he parted the waters of the Jordan River. So did Elijah, and so did Elisha. Hallelujah. And, and so Jesus comes into the picture and he starts showing us, you have dominion, you have power. You are to be sons of God. You're not, just, you're not just strolling up in here talking to some far-off deity that, that nobody knows. This is your father. So when you talk to him, before you go in any further, you just understand, I'm talking to our father. Hallelujah. Jesus said, come on, he's our father. Hallelujah. That's why God became a man, so that, so that he could reconcile the world unto himself and be the firstborn among many brethren. He was the last Adam. He was the one that came and made us who we were always supposed to be. Hallelujah. So before I, before I start talking in prayer, I just need to remind myself that I am his child and he is my father. Our Father, hallelujah, who art in heaven. Hallelujah. He's not subject to earth. He's not limited by earth. He's not stuck in earth. He's not bound by earth. Our Father, who art in heaven. That's a kingdom. That's a kingdom. Hallelujah. And in that kingdom, the lost are found. And in that kingdom, the sick are healed. And in that kingdom, the dead are raised to life. And in that kingdom, the possessed are delivered. And in that kingdom, the bruised are made whole. Our Father, who art in heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Hallow. My God, it's not just any other name. Hallelujah. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. At that name, every knee shall bow. And at that name, every tongue shall confess. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Hallowed be thy name. Glory to God. That name is hallowed in this house. 
Hallelujah. That name is hallowed in this house. That name is hallowed, hallelujah, in our prayers. It's hallowed in our teaching. It's hallowed in these scriptures. It's hallowed in our homes. It's, it's hallowed. When people get baptized, the only name they're getting baptized in is in that hallowed name of Jesus Christ. Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom, it's not, just, it's not just far off. It's not some place that we can't reach. Thy kingdom come. Hallelujah. Glory. It's here. That's what you have to remind yourself in prayer. After this manner, when you pray, pray like this. The kingdom is here. Thy kingdom come. It's here. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. When you pray, well, listen, when you pray again for Brother Terry Williams tonight, you remember the kingdom is here. When you pray for your lost child, you remember that the kingdom is here. When you pray for your struggling marriage, you remember that the kingdom is here. Hallelujah. When you pray to have peace of mind, hallelujah, you remember that the kingdom is here. When you pray for God to give you financial blessing, you remember that the kingdom is here. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth. Hallelujah. As it is in heaven. Glory to God. You need to know that it's happening right here the way it's happening there. And when I speak of heaven, I speak of life. I speak of wholeness. I speak of power. I speak of everlasting love, everlasting life. Hallelujah. I speak of a place where we'll never grow. Oh, Lord, let it be on earth. As it is in heaven. Let the blind see. Let the lame walk. Let the mute talk. Hallelujah. Let the glory of the Lord fill the earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. I know that the conflict many times. For the children of God. Is to, is to wonder what is the will of God. I want you to know that our job is to pray. For God to heal, for God to save, for God to deliver. That's our job. Hallelujah. We don't know all the mysteries and all of the providence and all the purposes. So our job is to pray for healing. We must be intercessors. Hallelujah. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. When there's breath in the body, you keep praying for God to move mightily and miraculously. Hallelujah. You pray for the Lord to raise them up. Glory to God. You get a hold of God and let the Lord begin to lead you into how you should pray. He'll teach you to pray. I remember when our great-grandfather Urshan wrote, he wrote about when he went to the Middle East. He had just received the Holy Ghost. He was going to go to the Middle East and bring that message to his family. But there was a massacre of the Armenian people. And he prayed and said, Lord... He said, I need all nine gifts of the Spirit to operate in me. And the Lord said, you're praying the wrong prayer. Did you know that when you're talking to God, he'll do that? He is, he is actually leading you down a path and saying, push this button. And watch what door it opens up. And he said, you're praying the wrong prayer. And, and great-grandpa Urshan said, well, then give me, I need a, a couple he said, give me the working of miracles and the discerning of spirits. That's actually a pretty good strategy. We could do anything with those two gifts in operation. I, just, I can tell where there's danger, and I can make stuff happen. Man, I'll go anywhere. And the Lord said, you're still praying the wrong prayer. He said, what should I pray? Teach me to pray. And he said, pray for compassion. Because he said, from compassion will flow all the gifts that you need to operate. Oh, hallelujah. Pray for compassion. You know what? This, this is so true. Because before Jesus would perform a miracle, the Bible says often he, he would be moved with compassion. And then he would perform the miracle. So, so here's what I want to tell you. When compassion is moving on you, that is your sign. There's a miracle about to happen. God is trying to perform a miracle through me. 
that's not just you up in your feels. That's not just you starting to feel a certain way. And that's not just your human emotion. You are feeling the heartbeat of God. And God is moving upon you to be the intercessor. Hallelujah. And when you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. And then the, read, the Bible says that the Spirit maketh intercession for us. That we, when we don't know to pray as we ought, the Holy Ghost will make intercession. There are certain things in this world, in this fallen earth, that need to be said and done in order for the miracles to occur. Because we're operating, we're operating in a fallen world. And we're bringing to this fallen world a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. It's in us. And we bring these principles of the kingdom into this fallen world. And we don't even know what we should pray for as we ought. Hallelujah. I've been there where I didn't. I had cast down every stronghold I could imagine. I had rebuked every devil, I thought. I don't even know what else to fight here. I mean, my goodness, I thought I, I thought I'd, I, you feel like you're playing whack-a-mole in the Holy Ghost. You're just, oh my, well, what else in the world can I? And, and you don't even know what to pray for as you ought. So pray in the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost knows what needs to be subdued. The Holy Ghost knows what needs to be brought down. What the Holy Ghost knows what needs to be cast down. And listen, this, these are legal things that are occurring. These are legal transactions that are occurring. So it's not just a snapping of the finger and everything goes the way you want it to be. No, there have to be things loosed and there have to be things bound. And there have to be things subdued and there have to be things trampled. And you and I aren't smart enough to understand what all that is. So there are times where we pray in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost does the work. There are other times where God speaks to us and says, pray this. This way. Say it. Say this. And then when we begin to speak it, it unlocks doors. It opens up windows. It causes God to be able to operate because it is being spoken in faith believing. This is the law of faith. This is the law of the Spirit. This is the perfect law of liberty. It is, it is legal. And it would be illegal if it happened any other way. Don't you know that when Adam gave everything over to the devil that he was surrendering to the law of sin and death? So, so when Jesus came into the earth, when, when God was made manifest in human flesh and he's walking the earth and people said, why do you got to go through all that Calvary stuff? Why didn't he just snap his fingers and change everything back to the way it's supposed to be. Because that would have been illegal. It's a law of sin and death that he had to satisfy. God is not a criminal. He's a righteous God. He's a perfect God. And this is what the enemy wanted him to do. The enemy said, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. It wasn't just so you can have a meal. He was saying... These stones, we know what they represented. These were the stones that they set out of the Jordan River. These were the stones that represented the miracles of God for Israel. These stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And when he said, turn these stones into bread, he was basically saying, why don't you make this place called Israel and these people called Israel, make them who they're supposed to be just by doing one of your little magic tricks. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word, he's referring to the law, by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So every jot and every tittle and every I has to be dotted and every T has to be crossed. I have to fulfill the law in order to turn these stones into bread. In order to make Israel what they're supposed to be, I have to fulfill the law. And so they're in prayer there are things that have to happen. This is why take time to pray. Take, take your time and pray. Don't rush it. Don't, don't try to hurry before Jeopardy starts. Take your time and pray and seek God. Hallelujah, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us 
this day. How often should I pray, Brother Urshan? How often should I pray? Here he tells you, give us this day our daily bread. That's how often you're supposed to pray. Every day. Every day. You need daily bread. My goodness. You know, Pastor Sizemore, in the Old Testament, when that manna fell, some people tried to save it from one day to the next, and it was rotten by the next day. And we try to do that with prayer. We try to do that with, with our blessing from God. We try, to, we try to live off of what happened a few days ago. Listen, don't, listen, don't keep eating what happened Sunday and think that's going to keep you. You need daily bread. You need God to do something right here, right now. Give us this day our daily bread. I need a brand new touch. Hallelujah. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So in prayer, it is important that you consistently revisit the fact that you are forgiven by God. Notice, I, I wanna, I, I'm trying to hasten here. Um, but I want to tell you that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So it's not just enough to be effectual and fervent. You've got to be a righteous man. A righteous woman. That, you have to be that. Now, I, I want to tell you, we have to be careful with understanding that because we want to avoid these two extremes. The extreme that says that, yeah, you, you, you can, God will only hear you if you are a perfect, righteous person. You want to avoid that extreme because our righteousness doesn't come from us. Our righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. So for me to be righteous, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I am flawless and I, have never, I never have any issues. It means that I understand who I am in Jesus Christ and that he has washed me with his precious blood and I'm living for him and serving him. That's what righteousness is. And there's this other extreme you have to avoid. Well, it doesn't matter how you live. God hears and answers everybody's prayers and he loves everybody. And so you just live however you want to live and you throw up a request to God and that's false because there are certain things in your lifestyle that will hinder you from being heard by God. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that if you regard iniquity in your heart, God does not hear your prayers. And the apostle Peter explained that if you are mistreating your spouse, God is not hearing your prayers. He said to specifically to the men, don't mistreat your wife so that your prayers won't be hindered. So you do have to get yourself in order in order to be heard when you pray. So you need to, you need to go back to what this is all about. Forgive us our debts. Don't forget you're a sinner in need of salvation. And that the only thing that allows you to not be in hell right now is that God is good and merciful and kind. Otherwise, we're all going to hell. And so the publican and the Pharisee walk into the temple and the, the Pharisee's got his long flowing robe and he said, I thank God that I'm not like other men. We've got to be careful that we don't accidentally pray that prayer. We can rejoice so much in how separate we are and how great we are in turning our backs on the world. And we can start thinking that we're not like everybody else. And well, I've got news for you. We're just like everybody else. Such were some of you. And the only difference between us and them is the blood of Jesus Christ has covered us. It's not that we're good. It's that he's good. And then you've got this poor publican up there, and he's beating his chest saying, God, I'm a sinner. And Jesus said, that's it. That's the prayer I hear. This other guy had, this other guy knew how to pray. This other guy had all kinds of uh, flowery words. He had, he had really good meat in his prayer. And this other man, he, he was a sinner. But the fact that he knew it, God heard it said, I don't even know what this other guy's talking about, but I hear him. And no matter how long you've lived for God, how many, how many uh, notches you've got on your belt, how many, what, what degree of Holy Ghost ninja you are, whatever that is, don't ever forget that I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner without the blood of Jesus, without the love of God. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. You better never forget that without the blood of Jesus, there's a debt you cannot pay. It's a debt you cannot pay. Forgive us our debts. 
And, and, and when you really truly come to that recognition in prayer, when that really truly does settle on you and in your spirit, then you'll have no problem with this next one. As we forgive our debtors. You don't have trouble forgiving people when you're reminded of how he has forgiven you. You just don't. You just don't. If you're having trouble forgiving, then you need to sing the old rugged cross. 50 times tonight before you go to bed. Just, I see a crimson stream of blood. You just need to go to bed with it playing in your ears. <laughs> and when you wake up, you're going to have a feeling, if God can forgive me, I can forgive them. Hallelujah. Take off your, take off your robe of, of Phariseeism and say, Lord, I don't, I, who am I to think I'm not like other men? I'm, I'm exactly like other men. And the only thing that, that makes me different in any way is that God has saved me. And I just want God to continue to wash over me with his mercy. Amen. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Keep on praying, Lord, don't lead me down any path. Don't, don't lead me down any path that's, that I'm not going to be able to handle. Prevent me, Lord, from walking into something. Save me from myself. Keep me from my own fleshly destruction. My habits are so destructive. My thinking is so destructive. Lead me not into temptation. You need to thank God for closed doors. Thank him for closed doors. A lot of times those closed doors are because God was not going to allow you to be led into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Hallelujah. Oh, Deliver us from evil. Pray for your family. Pray for your children. Pray for your marriage. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. This is how you pray. This is how you pray. And you know, when you, when you really get down to it, you just pray from your heart. Don't ever be intimidated to pray. Don't ever be intimidated to call upon God. Pray from your heart. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody do it right now. Just lift up your hand unto the Lord as our musicians come. Come on, just lift up your praise. Lift up your cry unto the Lord. Lift up your travail unto the Lord. Lift up your need unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Cry unto the Lord. Cry unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Call upon his mighty power. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's worthy to be praised and adored. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what your need is, what your situation is. But you can always cry unto the Lord. You can always cry unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You can always cry unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You can always cry unto the Lord. My God, my God, my God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You can always cry unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You'll come out with it with either a miracle or peace. But God's going to move in your circumstances when you cry unto him. Can we stand together right now and lift up our hands unto God? Lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Believing and trusting in the Lord. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to make these altars available. I want somebody to come. Hallelujah, that needs a touch from the Lord. That needs a blessing in their life. 
Come on, you can cry unto him. You can cry unto him. He will hear you. He will hear you. Hallelujah. If you need to make your heart right with God, let's do that in Jesus' name. Lord, I come to you. I come to you. God, in faith believing, in faith believing. Lord, purify my heart. Purify my spirit. Let me be right before you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. And I will cling to the old rugged cross. Oh, and exchange it someday. tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I feel like God is calling you to prayer. I believe God is calling you to a place of prayer. You're wanting an answer from God and God is calling you to a place of prayer. You're wanting a miracle from God, but God is calling you to a place of prayer. Hallelujah. You, there's something you need from the Lord. There's a yearning you have. And God is saying, come unto me. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Let me speak to you in the early morning hours. Open my word and commune with me. Let me speak to you at night before you go to bed. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The voice of God is calling you and I to a place of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice unto him in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we leave this place, we need to leave this place and pray. Hallelujah. We need to make, we need to open up the closet of prayer again at the house. Hallelujah. If you've got cobwebs that have grown, get them out. Get them out. Move those cobwebs and kneel down before God again. Open up your Bible and get a hold of God again. Hallelujah. 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 
in need of prayer, I want you to feel the liberty to go and pray for them. Before we go tonight, before we go tonight, if you see somebody in need of prayer, I want you just to take a moment, put your hand on their shoulder, and say, Lord, bless my brother. Hallelujah. Sister, say, Lord, bless my sister. Find somebody in the name of the Lord and just pray for them right now and say, God, help them. Strengthen them. Be with them, Lord. You don't know what they faced. You don't know what they're dealing with right now. They walk into this building. They walk into this building and they have, they seem like they have it all together. But we need prayer. And we need to pray for each other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need prayer. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Oh, our cherish. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. God is strengthening you right now. God is strengthening you right now. <laughs> The prayer of faith is coming. The prayers of the saints are coming. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Let the prayers of the saints fortify you and strengthen you in Jesus' name. If you want to stay and pray, please feel free to stay and pray. The Lord is moving in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At last I live. 